Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker. I am the host and creator of the Bible in Life, and I am grateful for you. I am glad that you're joining me here on the podcast here on the Bible in Life. Our heart, our goal for this podcast is to look at the scriptures in such a way that they relate to where we live on a regular basis to help us continually grow in our discipleship to Jesus. It's what I like to call blue jeans theology. And what I mean by that is theology that's in the language of everyday life, set in the context of everyday life, so that you and I can follow Jesus right in the midst of our everyday life. And so that's my heart, that's my goal, and I'm glad you're joining me for it here on the podcast. One of the unique things about a podcast and about the internet is the number of people that can tune in and can listen from all around the world. So here I sit in my son's old bedroom, now my office, converted into a, a small little recording studio where I get to sit in an empty room and talk to a microphone. And yet you all get to listen on the other end of that. And I often don't get to see your faces. I don't get to, to build a relationship with you. And that's just very different and very unique. Uh, most of my ministry, you know, I'm in a classroom with students where I'm in a church with uh, people and we get to build relationship and rapport and get to know each other a little bit. And uh, that's uh, very different from the way things are now. And one of the things that uh, means is that there are people, as I noted, all over the world and between the listeners commentary and the Bible and Life podcast, there's over 150 different countries represented uh, that listen to the Bible teaching that I'm providing on a podcast on a regular basis. And so, man, that's super encouraging. And so today I just wanted to welcome the folks from the continent of Africa. Um, we have a number of uh, people that listen in Africa representing a whole host of different countries. And so if you're in Uganda or Nigeria or South Africa or Zimbabwe or Zambia or Kenya, uh, and I'm probably forgetting some, but if you're in any of those countries, they're on the continent of Africa. I'm, I'm glad that we can spend time together each week studying the Bible together. I'm glad that you're part of the Bible and Life family. So welcome today to the Bible and Life, and welcome to all of you listening as well. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. Today on this episode, what I wanted to do is I wanted to reflect on what I think is a really crucial and valuable question for us each individually, as well as for pastors to think about with regard to their churches and their ministries. And that question is this. The question is, how can we measure spiritual growth? How can we measure discipleship to Jesus? That's at the heart of this question. And that, like I said, is important for each of us individually. Am I growing in my spiritual life? Are there kind of indicators, markers along the way that say, man, I'm making progress, I'm growing, I'm becoming more like the person God wants me to be, so that it doesn't just feel vague, right? So that we can know we're, we're measuring progress. I know personally, when I uh, go on a road trip, I'm driving somewhere to preach or teach, frequently, I pay attention to the mile markers or other uh, markers along the way that say, hey, I'm getting closer. Okay, we just crossed this town. I know then that the next stop will be, right? Uh, those, those kind of 
Myomarkers or checkpoints help us know we're making progress. What are the kinds of checkpoints that we can use to measure our own personal growth in discipleship to Jesus, our spiritual growth? I also think this is terribly important for pastors. And so if you're a pastor listening, a youth pastor, a a teaching pastor, lead pastor, right? If you're a pastor, if you're a missionary working with people, I think this is terribly important for for you to think about as well. And the reason uh, this is challenging and important for us is because it's really easy to measure things that are, you know, provide hard metrics, hard numbers. And that's why I think sometimes churches and pastors tend to measure things like attendance. Uh, We're doing good as a church if our attendance is growing. That's one of our metrics oftentimes. Or if our budget is growing and the offering is growing and people are giving, right? That's a metric sometimes used in churches. Um, or maybe conversions and baptisms as a metric. Those kinds of things are useful, some more useful than others, um, and it depends on how we approach them, whether or not they become kind of problematic or whether they're, they're just general useful metrics. But that's not really what we're after. Jesus didn't call us to grow churches, he called us to make disciples. And disciples are not religious organizations. Disciples are people, and they are people who are specifically becoming like their rabbi, that is becoming like Jesus. And so as Christian leaders, pastors, and teachers, the fundamental thing we are supposed to be measuring is not the growth of our religious organization, but the growth of the people within our congregation. And the growth we're supposed to measure in them is are the things we're doing as a church helping people grow spiritually so that they're becoming more like Jesus, measuring their discipleship. Well, how can we do that? That's a little more challenging. And it doesn't provide some of the same hard numbers, hard metrics that say budget, buildings, attendance, and all of that provide. So how can we measure spiritual growth? How can we measure people's discipleship to Jesus? So let me just give you four indicators, four markers or places to measure spiritual formation, spiritual growth for us individually and in our congregations. And these aren't the only four. There are others that we could include in the list, but I just want to give you four on this podcast that I think begin to help. So the first is this. We, We can measure ourselves by the virtue lists of the New Testament. I'll clarify that in a second. But the virtue lists of the New Testament. What I mean by the virtue lists of the New Testament are things like the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and following. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's a virtue list. Or you'll find another one. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and following. Following, so then, beloved, as those chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, just as God in Christ forgave you. It's a virtue list. And you'll find those kinds of virtue lists in various places in the New Testament. And what those virtue lists are intended to do is not be a checklist or an exhaustive list, but to, prov- to paint a picture. 
That's what virtualists do. They paint a picture of the kind of person disciples of Jesus should be becoming. And so they help kind of provide some character traits and some descriptives and some indicators for where we should be growing. And so we could take those virtue lists and then we could even write out some descriptive phrases that indicate what it would look like to be, you know, if you're growing in that. If you're kind of maybe, you know, at the beginning stages of growth, it might look like this. If you're uh, fairly uh, mature in this particular virtue, it might look like this. We could even give some descriptives to those kind of character traits we find in the virtue list. And now all of a sudden we have a measurement tool, an indicator. We've got a picture of what we're looking for. Are we increasingly becoming that kind of person? And so the virtue lists of the New Testament, they're worth us memorizing as disciples. They're worth us kind of filling our mind with because they provide a target, a picture for us to aim towards. And so in that way, they provide a measurement tool, a, something to compare ourselves to. And uh, the goal is to, for us, by the power of the Spirit and the grace of God, to become that kind of person uh, deeply and substantially. That's what the virtualists are there for. So that's one measurement tool. And for pastors and uh, missionaries and all that, think about that. If, if you were to begin to say, okay, I'm going to use the virtualists as ways to measure the effectiveness of our church and our church ministries and our church programs, how, how well are you doing? Um, it's maybe not the hard numbers of, uh, you know, other metrics that you might want to use, but it is more central and core to who we are. So virtue lists of the New Testament, a really important measurement tool for our own growth as disciples. Second one, number two, is um, loving our enemies. Loving our enemies. Jesus calls us to do this. He calls us to be people who love your enemies. He says in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, um, if you love those who love you, what more are you doing than others? Even the Gentiles do that. If you're generous and good to those who are generous and kind to you, like, what's the big deal about that? Even the pagans do that. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's what Jesus taught us. Well, that becomes a very critical uh, metric, measurement tool for our spiritual growth. How are we doing at loving our enemies, loving people who have radically different views of us, people who maybe even oppose us? How are we doing at loving people who are just difficult and hard to love? Maybe even people who have slandered us and uh, mocked us. How are we doing at that? That becomes another measurement tool. So when the virtue list that we mentioned in number one say, you know, that we should be growing in love. Well, for Jesus, the, this command to love your enemies tells us love is all inclusive. Love is an equal opportunity venture for disciples of Jesus. We don't just love those who love us. We don't just love those who are nice to us. We don't just love those who are easy to love or say good things about us. We love all people including difficult people, hard people, and even people who oppose us and our enemies. How are we doing in that? That becomes a measure for our spiritual growth, loving our enemies. Now, here's the funny thing about love. 
it's really easy to love all people in general. It really is. Oh yeah, I love people. And we could say that. And we can deceive ourselves into believing that. It's really hard to love these people in particular, the people that live across the street, the people that live around the corner, um, those people down there in that cubicle, right? Um, it's really easy to love all people in general. It's, it's much more difficult to love these people in particular. And so when Jesus calls us to love all people, to love our neighbor as ourself, he's calling us to love the people near us in particular, including the difficult ones, including our enemies. And thus, that's a measure of our spiritual growth, our spiritual formation. So that's number two. So first one, virtuous in the New Testament. Second one, uh, loving our enemies. And then number three, a third measure is um, how are we growing in self-sacrifice and self-giving? So self-sacrifice and self-giving, again, are targets, are goals, and thus indicators, checkpoints along the way of our spiritual growth. Are we... Are we more self-giving and more self-sacrificial than we were a year ago or five years ago? Are we less self-serving, less, less self-interested, and more willing to give up our rights, our preferences, our energy, our time, and our resources for the sake of other people? And in keeping with the last one, even people who might take advantage of us or we've had difficulties with in the past. Are we willing to serve them in some way? Are we willing to loan out our resources? Are we willing to give up our time and help? Self-giving. Uh, that is a crucial indicator of spiritual growth. Why? Because that was the pattern of Jesus's life. Jesus laid down his life for us and thus we ought to lay down our lives for other people all people, especially the household of faith, but others as well. And so we need to become increasingly self-sacrificing and self-giving. Jesus did this not just at the culmination at the cross. He did this all throughout his life. In fact, even his incarnation is stated as a expression of self-giving according to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 uh, calls us in uh, verse 5, it says, Have this mindset in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the very form of God, did not consider equality uh, with God as something to be used for his own gain, for the sake of his own advantage, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant and being made in the likeness of men. And so from the moment of his birth and incarnation, clear through to his crucifixion, the pattern of Jesus' life was self-sacrifice and self-giving in contrast to the typical human way of self-interest and self-serving. And so as we become like our rabbi, we're going to become more self-giving, more generous with our time, more generous with our resources and our energies. We're going to be more sacrificial, more willing to help others, and less interested in what we get out of it. And thus, self-giving and self-sacrifice becomes an important measure of our spiritual growth. And then number four, the last one, is forgiveness. Are we becoming a quicker forgiver? Are we becoming a quicker forgiver? That as we 
take on the the character of Christ, as we uh, put our roots down deep into his grace and his love manifested in his forgiveness of, of us, we will become quicker forgivers of others. And again, Jesus told parables about this. Look at Matthew chapter 18 and the parable where this guy is forgiven by his master, a massive debt. And then he goes out and demands a very small debt from somebody who's under him. And the point that Jesus is making is, no, if you've experienced the massive grace of God in your life, it should make you a generous and quick forgiver of other people's debts towards you. And so an important measure of our spiritual growth is that we're growing in our willingness and readiness to grant grace and forgive other people. And so are we becoming a quicker forgiver becomes an important measure for our spiritual growth and our spiritual formation. And so you take all four of those. You take the virtue lists of the New Testament that paint a picture of who we're supposed to be becoming. You take this uh, culmination, really, of Jesus' love command that says, don't just love the easy people and the people who love you. Love even the hard people, including your enemies. That becomes a measure. Uh, Self-giving and self-sacrifice, and then this readiness and willingness to forgive. If we take those four criteria, we can actually begin to create a very comprehensive, I think, uh, measurement, uh, assessment tool for people's spiritual growth, including our own spiritual growth. And thus, in ministry as pastors, if all you're, you're measuring is budgets and buildings and attendance and these hard metrics, those are secondary and periphery. You can feel good about yourself in those areas, and it may not really matter if you're not actually helping people be formed into the the likeness of Christ. And individually, we can have a lot of ambiguity. We can be a lot of uh, maybe uncertain about our spiritual growth. Or on the flip side, we can be very proud about our spiritual growth, but we could be measuring it by the wrong things. We could be measuring it by religious activities. Uh, we could be measuring it by, we go to church on a regular basis. We're involved in Bible study. We're now leading a Bible study. Ooh, we read our Bible and pray on a regular basis. And if we just take you know, these religious activities, it's the wrong measuring tool. The proper measurement is the character of Christ. And so these four criteria are ways of helping us diagnose or assess, is the character of Christ being formed in us? That's the goal of our discipleship. A disciple is somebody who has attached themselves to Jesus in order to become like Jesus, like him in character and like him in mission. And so uh, the proper measurement tool is not religious activity or the growth of a religious organization. The proper assessment tool is the character of Christ in each one of us. And so I offer these four criteria as a way to help each of us begin to think about how are we doing as disciples of Jesus? How are we growing and where do we need to continue to grow more and more? Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible and Life podcast. I pray that it's helpful and encouraging to you. As always, I want to say a huge thank you to those of you who make this online ministry possible by your generous support. Um, God has been faithful through you, and this ministry has continued to grow and increase. We're right on that cusp where increasingly I need... Um, 
more financial help so I can get more administrative help and not have to do most everything by myself. We're right on that kind of cusp of that. Um, and so I'm incredibly grateful to you who has made this ministry possible. If you want to join the team of supporters, uh, you can do so by going to johnwhitaker.net. I'll put a link down in the notes below, but that's johnwhitaker.net. Click the Give button, and it'll take you to a page where you can uh, set up a one-time or a monthly recurring donation. All donations are received in partnership with World Family Mission, a registered nonprofit that provides some uh, financial support and financial accountability to this ministry as well as other ministries too. So thanks a ton in advance for your support. May God bless you. May he lead you by his word and by his spirit. May he help you become like Jesus each and every day. I look forward to talking with you again next week.